It's your boy Jerry, the TR Expert Washington, and I'm here in the basement of General Fitness Company Studio recording episode number 103, 103 of the TR Expert Talks, and today what I want to talk to you about is something near and dear to my heart, something I'm about to get honored for, and something that I hope that you're going to learn a little bit about today in this podcast. What I'm talking about is running form. You know, I've just noticed not too long ago, actually, it was just today, (laughs) I just realized that I can pretty much pick apart running form in a matter of seconds. Like, I can look at somebody, the way they somebody runs, and I can say, you need to do this, 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 and this, and then they do that, and bam, all of a sudden they're running faster. So, um, I want to help you out with that today, I'm going to try to talk, talk it out with you, explain a little bit of the, um, the, the tendencies I see for people uh, in, in terms of their, their mistakes they make with their running form, and hopefully I can help you out with that, and um, maybe I'll be able to um, relate that back into uh, real-world life examples later on. But anyways, uh, yeah, as I said, I want to show you a little bit about running form, and uh, before we get this show on the road, I'd love for you to... Uh, Share this podcast, you know, share this podcast. There's a share button, I believe, somewhere on here. If whether you're listening to Spotify or iTunes, wherever you're listening to, I'm pretty sure you can uh, share it. If there's no share button uh, where you are, you know, you can do it the old school way and actually tell your friends, family, and total strangers. Yeah, that dude that's at the bus stop right now. You see him over there? Yeah, tell him about the podcast. You see him. (laughs) Tell him about my podcast. Tell him like, you don't need to ride the bus anymore. If you listen to this podcast, you'll gain knowledge that'll help you buy a car. And well, you know, maybe actually he doesn't want to buy a car. Maybe he's uh, all about helping the environment. But anyways, that guy at the bus stop, tell him about this podcast. And if you forget... You know what you can do? You know, if you're on iTunes, I don't know if it's the same on every other platform. We're on, a, we're on 10 other platforms besides iTunes. But if you are on iTunes right now, uh, I know for a fact, if you scroll down to the very bottom, scroll down through the 102 episodes we have before this, right on the very bottom there is an a option for you to leave a rating or a review. Now, if you leave a rating or review, whether it's one star or five stars, I really don't mind because every little bit of input helps us get found and discovered on the podcast universe. I don't know exactly the algorithm or how it works, but all I know is that the more people that talk about us, the more people hear us, and the more people that hear us, the more people talk about us, and the more people that talk about us, the more people find us, and the more people that hear us. And it's just going to be a nice positive feedback loop of us getting the podcast out to the, the state, the country, the world, and the universe. <laughs> I don't know about the universe, but you know, at the end of the day, the reason why I'm doing this podcast is not for me, it's not for you, it's not for anybody in particular, but really the reason why I'm doing this is because I believe that this podcast provides value to lots of people. There's people that have been telling me that this podcast has uh, been valuable to them. I wish that those people that tell me that the podcast is valuable to them, I wish they would leave uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. Maybe they don't, they're not listening to it on iTunes, but hey, if it's you, please... Do me that one solid. I'd really appreciate it. Anyways, let's get this show on the road. Episode number 103 of the TR Expert Talks. Epa, epa, riba, underle. <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez. Lego! <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, yeah, today I was actually um, meeting with one of my um, 
One of my clients, uh, as I normally do, because that's my job and, uh, when I'm not recording podcasts. <laughs> but um, I was meeting with one of my clients, and he's a former soccer player. And, you know, it's been a while since I actually helped somebody with, like, you know, short-distance sprinting form and stuff like that. You know, I help people all the time. with like everybody wants to run long distance and stuff like that. And it's a slightly different. It's slightly different. But if you're looking to run fast and you're looking to run fast for, like, say, you know, 200 to 400 meters or anything. Well, actually, anything less than 400 meters. Then um, you want to listen up <laughs> because uh, sprinting is a little bit different, but it's not totally different where it's like a completely different form. So when it comes to sprinting, the first thing that I see a lot of people do uh, is they have their shoulders really tense. You know, like a lot of people believe that the faster you move your body, the faster you'll move. And to a certain degree, that is true. Like, obviously, if you move your arms faster, the you're going to move your arms faster. <laughs> but moving your arms faster doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to move your whole body faster. So we're going to start at the top of the body, work our way down, and uh, we'll try to see if we can uh, connect this and make a real-world-life connection. I'm not sure about it yet because I'm just uh, i just thinking about running form right now, but we'll get to it. So at the top of the body, what you want to do is uh, actually, you know, start off the very, very top. So your face has to be super relaxed. You know, you ever watch, like, those Olympic sprinters and you see, like, their faces and their, their jowls are all like that's what like your face should be like because you want to be completely relaxed now um in the start it's kind of hard to do that because you're going like full full force but i would say like by step number five or six you should be totally or maybe a little bit further than that depending on how strong you are but um let's say on average on step number five or six you should be getting into your full stride and you should totally be relaxed with your jaw your neck your face you're just completely relaxed Work your way down that because your face is relaxed and your jaw is relaxed, your neck and shoulders will be relaxed. And what happens when your neck and shoulders are relaxed, you actually get more of a range of motion in your, in your stride. And what I'm saying here is that when you have your, short, your uh, sh- shoulders shrugged, like some people do, or they have their um, hands tight to their body, meaning that like they have their hands like up by their chest while they're running. What that does is it actually uh, ruins your stride length. What what it does is um, because your arms are moving so fast, you know, they have to try to sync up with your legs, and what it does is it shortens up your leg stride. So something that you want to consider is that even though your arms are moving faster. And your arms, you have the capability to move your arms faster when you're, uh, you mean we tighten, when you tighten them up. It doesn't necessarily mean that your whole body is moving faster. It just means your arms are moving faster. So uh, what you want to do is uh, to the, the remedy to that is that you obviously want to relax your shoulders. Um, it's, as I said, it starts in your face and jaw. You want to relax your shoulders, and you want to have your hands kind of running past your hips. All right. So not necessarily, not not by your rib cage. A lot of people kind of carry their arms around the rib cage. But if you kind of think about visualizing your arms, your hands going past your hips, you know, going past behind your your butt and going having your elbow come right in front of your hip. That's exactly what you want to do with your running form. Now, the other thing about the arm is that, um, well, we're kind of moving our way down. So you move our way down from the shoulders to the arm is that you, one thing you want to remember is that um, you want to keep your arms at 90 degrees. What's happening when you have your arms at 90 degrees, you keep it tension, proper tension in the shoulders and the biceps and that explosion forward. Every time that arm drives forward is going to drive your body forward. If you have your arms too tight, if it's at like a, uh, what would that be? If that would be like at a, a 60 degree angle, you know, or, as, as, or, or like a, uh, 
or 120 degree angle. 160 degree angle is again, we're going to be too tight so that body, your hands are going to come close to your body and you're going to shorten up your stride. Um, too long, if your arms are too long, like uh, 120 degrees, and you're bringing your hands a little bit past your hip into the mid-thigh area, uh, then you lose power. You don't have the enough, you don't, you're just kind of almost carrying dead weight then. So like your arms aren't getting the good swing and they're kind of just floating along and that also ruins your stride. So we're just going to keep moving down here. When you're breathing, you kind of want to uh, keep your abs tight, want to breathe from the diaphragm. I would say that you want to kind of stay away from belly breathing because that, re that relaxes your, your, uh, your posture too much and then you can't really lift your knees up. So uh, you want to keep your abs tight, pull your belly button in, breathe from the diaphragm so that way you pull your body up rather than breathing from the chest or breathing from the, uh, from the belly. You know, I did say you want to be relaxed, but you're going to have to kind of pick and choose what's supposed to be relaxed. Obviously, face and shoulders are going to be relaxed, but you want to keep that core tight because otherwise everything's just going to be all over the place. So we're still moving our way down the body. When you're lifting your knees, that is important. I see a lot of people don't lift their knees enough, and that is so, so, so important to injury prevention. I've talked about this running form probably three or four times before because, uh, you know, <laughs> obviously it's one of my favorite subjects because I've done it for so long, for so well. I've done it so well for so long so it's just kind of like a second language that I speak is running I can look at somebody and you know anyways so um lifting your knees up is so important now whether you're a sprinter or your distance runner that's important to lift your knees up because what happens if you don't lift your knees up your uh, obviously your strides are going to sh get shorter and those shorter strides aren't going to help you cover enough ground so you're going to be moving your feet and you're not going to be efficient you know like, as i said before you can be moving fast you can move your arms and legs fast but it doesn't necessarily mean that your body is moving fast that you're moving fast through space and that's what you want to do is you want to cover ground and there's actually um, a formula for for speed, more or less. It's a physics formula, and I, I remember my coach used to always preach this. It was like every time we ran, every practice, I, we, I think we even had like a board. The formula for speed, stride length times stride frequency. So a lot of people just work on the fr stride frequency, and they don't even think about the stride length. So those things that can help you with the stride length, as I said, like making sure your arms are at 90 degrees, relaxed shoulders, and the other part is having those knees going up to about 90 degrees. If you can get those knees up into hip, ooh, you're doing good. Now, if you can't get them up there, I suggest you maybe do some exercises to help you strengthen your hip flexors. One thing that you could do is jump, jump in the Roman chair, do some knee ups, do some leg lifts. Uh, also, you could just if you don't have a Roman chair around, you can lay on the back, on your back, do kind of the same thing. Pull your, make sure your lower back's on the mat though. So don't don't arch your back because uh, then you're using your lower back to lift instead of using your actual hip flexors. And if you're using your lower back to lift in your practice, then you're going to do in the game, so to speak. You're going to use your lower back when you're actually running, and that's not what you want to do because. Then you can really uh, tilt your pelvis and do some things, do some damage uh, to your knees and hips. Uh, yeah, we're still kind of, still kind of working our way down the body. Um, when you're striding at 90 degrees, that's a good thing. The second part is that you want to make sure that your heel is going over your knee. You want to really focus on like getting that foot out there because if you don't, if you get 90 degrees but your foot stays underneath your body, then you're going to be again every motion, every step is going to be kind of stopping you because you can't get your knee up kick out and then go into the next step fast enough or at least efficient enough for you to get a, uh, a good 
stride going you know you might be able to do that for a little bit but eventually it's going to have to shut it's going to make your stride shorter and it's going to make your knees not go to 90 degrees just because the fact that you're going to be constantly just keeping your foot underneath your body and you just won't have enough time to kick your lift your foot up kick out then get into the next step so when you lift that foot up and you keep the foot directly underneath the knee so say if you're lifting your left knee up let's try to see if we can visualize it okay and then as you're stepping out that right foot is going to come up over, or is your, yes, your right foot is going to come up over your knee. So your left knee comes out, you put it down, foot, left foot goes on the floor. Next step is right foot over the, over the knee. All right, so left knee goes up, left ankle is going to be underneath that knee. And then when that strikes down, the next step is going to have that right foot to go over the knee. So you're really getting like a good cycle motion. It almost it starts looking like a wheel as opposed to like a uh, triangle. Because <laughs> that's what a lot of people's form looks like. It's like a triangle. It goes almost it's like an isosceles triangle. It goes straight up, and then it goes out, and then it stops, and then it go, and then they, you can see it kind of kind of clunking along. So if you think about it, you know, a triangle doesn't move as fast through space as a circle. If you push a triangle, it might go a little bit, but it's going to be constantly stopping itself. So if you think about it that way, that you're creating a triangle when you don't lift your knees and you don't kick your foot out as immediately as you lift your knee up, you can think about you creating a triangle and that you're constantly stopping yourself. So think about lifting your knee up, making that circle, putting that foot out, and then going right into the next one as, as you lift that other foot over the knee. And last, last little part of running, you want to make sure, foot, make sure you keep your foot what's called dorsiflexed, okay? Dorsiflexed means that you have your toes pointing up to the sky, and you're going to be trying to land on the balls of your feet. You may not necessarily land on the balls of your feet. depends on how, you know, how your body structure is. It's not necessarily one correct running form for, for everyone because people do have different body types. You know, some people can work, with, work better with a heel strike. Uh, for me, it doesn't really work that way. Heel strike would actually be terrible for me, the way, just the way my body's built. I have to land on my feet, um, or the ball. <laughs> obviously you have to land on your feet when you're running. I have to land on the balls of my feet just because of the way that I like to strike through and kind of pull through. Um, so and that's just the way I learned, and um, it just worked for me so far. <laughs> so yeah, um, if you whether you're a heel striker or you're a ball of foot striker, you just want to make sure that you try to keep your foot at dor dorsiflex. That way you reduce the time of you having to like kind of cycle through your your steps. Because if you have your foot relaxed at any point in time, then the likelihood is that when you have your foot relaxed, meaning that you have your toes pointed downward towards the ground, the likelihood is that when you bring your foot up over the knee that we were talking about before and then bring that knee out, what's going to happen is that you're going to be slapping the floor. Slapping the floor, floor is not a good thing if you don't like shin splints. All right? So <laughs> if you do like shin splints, be my guest. Feel free to slap the floor as much as you want with your foot. <laughs> Otherwise, I would say that you want to make sure that, that toes, those toes stay up. You try to really land on the ball of your foot or the, or the heel. I really would say, I would really try to suggest for you, though, to try to land on the ball of your foot. For most people, ball of the foot is the way to go. Now, like you probably heard from before, heel of your foot is good to land on. That's probably more so for, like, distance running, and that's even, like, kind of debatable. We're designed to run on the heels and the foot, but because we don't anymore, they have those cushioned shoes, and then they created those... Uh, what are those? Uh, those those weird ass toe shoes. I think that was the case. I can't remember. So yeah. So we evolved to run on the balls of our feet, and uh, we should run on the balls of our feet 
But um, what happens with distance running, a lot of people can't do, they can't hold that up, so they kind of settle back on heel uh, striking. Heel striking is not the best thing for you because of the fact that what you don't have any, you don't have any cushion in your heel. Just if you think about it, like so. Essentially, if you every step that you take sends the vibrational shocks of that energy. Uh, seven, by the way, that's seven seven times your body weight for each step. So that that every step that you take with that heel strike sends up seven pounds. Of your seven. I keep saying seven pounds. It's seven times your body weight up your ankle up your shin, up your knee, up your hip. And if you have any issues uh, with any of those things and you're a runner, now you see why. So it's important, you know, it doesn't just look cool, but it's actually important for injury prevention to have good running form. So anyways, that's what I got for you today. Uh, this is uh, something that I am really, 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 really familiar with, <laughs> running form. I almost feel uncomfortable with how uh, much knowledge I have with uh, this running and I you know obviously I can I always try to look and see if anything's changed or anything uh, I can learn but um for the most part everything that comes out is just essentially just trying to teach people more how to how to run so there you go here's another little bit of knowledge and it's coming from very qualified person <laughs> in my humble opinion but anyways uh, you know I got a little conclusion for you today we're gonna switch it up uh, I know I've, I've been doing the boot camp talk for a little bit we're gonna switch it up today and see if we give a little something else away alright so uh, stay tuned and I will pick back up here in just a couple moments All right, so yeah, I just kind of went bonkers with that. I looked down at the recorder and I was like, oh, snap, I almost talked for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I haven't quite edited this yet, so um, it probably will be a, well, who knows? It might be like a uh, closer to a 15-minute episode. No, I might try to keep them around 15 and under, but it might be close to that. I might have to do a couple extra edits in there today so I can keep it underneath that. But anyways, hey, look, check this out. So I've been uh, offering you, uh, you know, ways to get into my boot camp and you know I was been feeling pretty good about my birthday and I was just thought, like thinking like you know what it'd be really cool if I offered people some TRX because you know I am the TRX expert after all right <laughs> so check this out um, new passcode new, new passphrase TRX I'm thinking TRX rocks <laughs> I like that TRX rocks so um, this is a little bit different because you just can't show up to my gym because a lot of times I might be training somebody. So this is what I would like for you to do. If you want to jump in and learn how to use a TRX with a TR expert, I have quite a few classes that I've been opening up lately because uh, people have been telling me that uh, it's getting a little cool, cooler out now. You know, it's, it's getting to be fall. So people are telling me like, hey, Jerry, what's the deal with um, your TRX classes? Like, you know, how can we do that uh, instead of boot camp? So um, I'm opening this up. TRX rocks is going to be the passphrase, and that's what I want you to do is you're going to shoot me an email, info at gentlefitnesscompany.com. That's going to be the subject line, TRX rocks. You can spell it with the R-O-C-K, preferred R-O-X. <laughs> Either way works, though. If you uh, have that as a subject line and just say, hey, Jerry, I'd like to get in uh, and into your TRX classes, I will offer you a free TRX training. All right? So, um, as I said, I'm opening up TRX classes all over the place. Whenever you want to get in is whenever you get in. It might, it might be with a class. It might not be with a class. Um, I, if it's your first time, I'll try to get you in, just me and you. But uh, I have to tell you that if it's going to be solo, you're probably not going to, you're probably not going to be able to give you a full hour. So, um, you know, it is what it is, right? You get a little, you at least get a half an hour. That's what I'm going to do. If you're looking to change up your routine, you know, if you've been doing boot camp for a while with me um, and you're listening to this, 
TRX is open for you now. If you've been listening to this for a while and you've been thinking about, hey, how can I get in with Jerry? I'm not really a big fan of getting it in outdoors, um, but I am interested in these TRX classes he's been talking about. That's the way to do it. So again, that is info at generalfitnesscompany.com. Subject line, TRX rocks, and we'll get it in. Free pass free access into my into my trx classes all right well that does it for my day that does it for my thursday i'm almost ready to get up out of here i'm gonna try to see if i can record a podcast for you tomorrow i don't know i gotta leave in the middle of the day and i got a million things to do before i leave so i'm gonna do the best i can we might get a couple seconds in um if i do get a couple seconds it's gonna be super raw uncut and unedited it's gonna be absolutely um an interesting, an interesting couple episodes over the next couple weeks. Maybe I'll just take some time off so we can get into the next season. I don't know. But uh, either way, I really appreciate you listening, whether it's morning, evening, or afternoon. Uh, hey, I appreciate the fact that you are spending your time here with me right now. Because you could be anywhere in the world. You decide to be here with me. By the way, share this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, I'll talk to you soon. And as always, keep good company.